You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killian. Good morning. My name is Zach. I'm a pastor here at New Hope. And uh, we are going to keep on walking through our new series, Live in the Light. It's on 1 John. And uh, I really think John's writings are super cool because you'll often hear people describe his writing as uh, it's shallow enough that a a baby could tiptoe through it, but it's deep enough that you could drown an elephant. And I think that's absolutely correct. Like, on the surface, it's very easy to grasp. It's very easy to come to the conclusions he's making to understand what he's saying. But when you start to dive in, you can get in over your head very quickly because there's just so much information and he's going so deep with metaphors and concepts. And so, uh, looking at our passage for today, we're doing 1 John 1, 5 through 2, 2. I see three pieces to this passage. See three key ideas, and I want to go ahead and break those down. And so we'll go ahead and start from the top. Uh, the, the first part is uh, 1 John 1, 5 through 7, and I think it sets the standard for human living. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. Let's stop right there. What is he saying? Randy last week said, John walked with Jesus. John was Jesus' friend. John lived alongside him through his entire ministry. And so he knew him. Randy said, you know, he knew what his breath smelled like after he ate garlic. You know, he he knew what bad jokes he liked and and, and what made him mad, what, what made him laugh, what he loved, what he hated. They walked with him. They touched him. And they heard his teachings with their own ears. And so John is saying, Look, this is the message that came from the lips of God himself, and now we're declaring it to you. He says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It sets the standard, sets the standard by which every human being is called to live. And what's the standard? God. You got to live like God. You have to walk every moment of your life like God, like Jesus walked. And if you don't do that, if you walk outside of that and you claim to have fellowship with him, then you're living a lie. Man, that's tough. That's scary because I would doubt there's many people in this room that would read that passage and go, I'm good. That's scary. This is not the kind of passage that you stick in a children's book like Noah's Ark or Jonah and the big fish. You know, like it's not this cutesy thing that you talk to your kids about. And so we tend to gloss over these things because they're difficult and we don't want to confront them. But we have to. And it's a scary standard. 
Who here is uh, familiar with Jordan Peterson? Anybody? He's, uh, I like that Jimmy raised his hand. Me and Jimmy talk about Jordan Peterson like every other day. Um, Jordan Peterson is a Canadian uh, psychologist. He's a uh, clinical psychologist. He is an author. He is a YouTube personality. He's big into politics. And you either love him or you hate him. But he's somebody that we hear a lot from on social media these days, right? And uh, he's been really interesting to follow recently because just a few years ago, Jordan Peterson would have considered himself an atheist. And I feel like I've kind of like, in a way, like come alongside him by like watching his videos and like I can kind of keep track of like where he's at on his walk to God because these days he doesn't claim atheism. These days he's talking about God in a little bit different light and he's so close, he's this close. He's this close to being a believer. And I'm telling you, keep your eyes out on this guy because when he makes that jump, he's modern day C.S. Lewis. He's this generation's C.S. Lewis. He will be. He said this, he said, who would have the audacity to claim that they believed in God if they examined the way that they lived? Who would dare say that? To have the audacity to claim that means that you live it out fully. And that's an unbearable task in some sense. To be able to accept the structure of existence, the suffering that goes along with it, and the disappointment, and the betrayal, and nonetheless act properly. To aim at the good with all your heart, to dispense with the malevolence and your desire for destruction and revenge and all of that. And to face things courageously. And to tell the truth, to speak the truth and to act it out. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means. It doesn't mean to state it. It means to act it out. And unless you act it out, you should be very careful about claiming it. And so I've never been comfortable saying anything other than I try to act as if God exists. Because God only knows what you'd be if you truly believed. Those are bold words. That's beautiful. He's not a Christian, as far as I'm aware. He's not quite there. He hasn't quite made that leap to make Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior, to put all his faith in Jesus. But he has a better grasp on the glory of God than many Christians, than many confessing Christians. The Jordan Peterson in this speech, it's like he's looking at God, at who God is, at who Jesus is, in all his majesty, in all his perfection. And he's saying, I can't even say that I believe in him because to say that I believe in him means I have to live like him and I can't touch that. I can't come close. When I hear him talk about this, when I heard it just this week, it brought me right to this passage and I was like, that's a God thing. He's laying it out perfectly. What, what Jordan has here is a grasp on what it means to believe in God. What he's putting an importance in living righteously that many of us lack today. That many of us kind of look at as secondary. But he sees it and he's not even a believer. Lucky for you, me, and Jordan Peterson though, this passage goes on. 1 John 8 through 10 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Okay? So if part one sets the standard, if that sets the bar for what we're all expected to be, right? We got to be perfect. We got to be like Jesus every second of every day. We cannot stumble into darkness or we make liars out of ourselves. We have to live in the light. If that sets the standard, this is the test. This is for those people that read part one and went, I don't, I don't do that. I fall so short of that. Like, I try to do what's right. I live in the light the best I can. I really do believe in Jesus. I really am trying to follow him. But now that I'm looking at my life, now that I've read this, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I, I can't even count how many times I find myself in that deepest, darkest place and I don't even know how I got there. And so some people might read that and stop and go, I don't even know if I'm saved. Is that what this means? I want to say... If you're concerned about that, and I've said this before, that's a pretty good place to be. That's a pretty good place to start. If that's on your radar, if you're looking at yourself and you're going, I don't even know if I'm saved because I'm so broken and I'm so gross, I'm so covered with sin, and I try to do what's right, but I can't. If you're recognizing that, you're close to the light. You're probably in the light. Because that's the funny thing about light, right? If I'm walking around in the dark, and I have been my whole life, I don't even know I'm in the dark. I've never seen light. What is light? I've been in the dark my whole life. I don't see the filth on my hands. I don't see the sin that covers me. I don't see all the blood and all the problems that, that cover me. I don't see that because I've been living in the dark my whole life. But as soon as you get just within proximity of the light. You don't even have to be in it, but the nearer you get to it, the more you start to see the filth on your hands. The more apparent it gets and the closer and closer you get, the more aware, the more conscious you become of all that sin and all those problems in you. And so what I'm saying is if you find yourself there, that's probably the best place you can be. The other thing is, this gives us the solution. Part two gives us the solution. It's not only the test, it's the answer. It's part of the answer. It says, just confess your sins. Confess and he will forgive you and he will wipe away all unrighteousness. What's it mean to confess? Me and Randy have been studying Greek and man, it's so hard. It's so hard. They talk like Yoda, in case you didn't know. But uh, he's so good at it, and he just breezes through it. But this week, we were covering this passage. And the word for uh, confess, it just means to say the same. To say the same, to state the same. And so what that means is God is looking you in the eyes, and he's saying, I know what you did. I know what you did when nobody else was around and you didn't think anybody saw it. You, you thought you would slide, but I saw it and it was wrong. He says, I, I heard that conversation you had on the phone with your friend or with your family member and I heard the tone you took with them and I heard what you thought about them in your heart, the way you judged them and it was wrong. 
or I saw the way you looked at that person walking down the street and I saw the pity you took on them and thought that they were just less than you and that's wrong. And you in that moment have an option. You can ignore that thought. You can keep walking. You can, you can pretend that God's not real. You can pretend, oh, he's not talking to me. Or you can do the logical thing and go, you're right. I did that. I did do that. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And he says, that's all you have to do. Is that not beautiful? What kind of mercy is that, right? But how does that mix with, you know, talking about walking in the light and if we don't walk in the light, we're liars. It's difficult. A lot of people confess that they're Christians. They'll say it. They'll pay lip service, just like Jordan said. You know, it's not just saying it. But there's many people in this world that were like, well, you know, I uh, said a magical prayer and I got dunked in some water and now I'm saved. So it's all good. And then the rest of their life, they just live it however they want. They don't live it like God exists. They don't live it at all like God exists. They just live however they want. There's people out there that say like, oh, you know, it's really just about being a good person. Good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. And, you know, I think God thinks I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. That's the person that should be worried when they read this passage. The person that looks at themselves and says, oh, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I've talked about this passage before. Jesus talks in the gospel about, you know, the two men that go to the temple. The one's a teacher of the religious law. The other one's just some lowly man. And the teacher of the religious law walks in and he says, thank you, God, for making me so good. I just do so much good for this community. And like, I'm just such a blessing. Thank you so much for making me such a blessing. And the other guy walks in and he says, God, forgive me because I'm worthless and I don't, I don't even belong in here. I don't. I don't have the right to even talk to you. He can't lift his head up to look at God. And he asks for forgiveness. And the broken man leaves righteous. He leaves justified before God. But the man who saw himself as good leaves and he's judged for what he said. If your problems aren't on your radar, you may be in the dark. And that's not the place to be. Something's got to change. Part three, 1 John 2, one through two, says this. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. I love that. I love that line. John just comes right out the gate and he's like, listen, I need to make it incredibly clear. The entire reason I'm writing this is because I don't want you to sin. You can't sin. Sin breaks the world. Sin means we're walking in darkness. Sin ruins lives. I can't stress how important this is. Sin nailed our God to a cross and it gave, he gave up his life because of sin. It's that big of a deal. You cannot sin. But when you do sin, because I know you're gonna. The standard is godliness. The standard is perfection. And that's what you're called to. And you can't do it. You're to strive for it every second of every day. But you can't do it. But that's okay. 
Because in Jesus, we have an advocate. The Greek word there is paraclete. We have a defense attorney before God. He's standing in the corner as we stand before a holy God in all-consuming light, an unapproachable light, and we're being judged for every action we've ever done, good, bad, it doesn't matter. But for those that stand in Christ, he stands behind them and he says, no, Lord, this one's mine. They believed in me. They weren't perfect. They messed up, but they put their faith in me and I already did the work. I did the hard part. I took it to the cross. I gave up my life and I lived the perfect life that they could never live. And they try and when they fall into the darkness, they call out to me and I go and I find them and I bring them the light. That's what we have in Jesus. People like Jordan Peterson are so close to seeing it. They're so close to totally giving themselves over to the truth. They see the hard part. Jordan looks at this and he says, I can't be that. I can't be Jesus. How could I ever live up to what I'm supposed to be? How could I even say that I believe? Because my life can never look like him. And I'm standing over here listening to him going, you're exactly right. And that's why you need Jesus. He did it. You can't do it. That's so beautiful. You've got to take the full passage into context. Because if you don't, you can get hung up on thinking that you can somehow pull this off on your own. And you just can't. But you're called to try. And when you fall down, you go back to Jesus. Peterson, in the exact same speech said, Nietzsche said that there was only ever one Christian and that was Jesus Christ. Gandhi said a really similar thing. He said, I love Christ. I love your Christ. He was a good man and I believe everything he said. I I, I love him, but I do not like your Christians because they are nothing like your Christ. And you know what? I'm okay with that on some degree or another. Not that we're not living out, you know, the faith to the fullest of our ability, but the fact that I don't have to be perfect because Jesus was perfect for me. That if we're all really, really honest with ourselves, we look at this passage and we see that Jesus did it all. And that doesn't mean we're not to try. We can go that route But then we just look like those people that say, well, I got dunked and I said the magic prayer. And we don't want to be that. We got to live out our faith. So what it really boils down to is if you want to be Jesus in every corner of your culture, you live in the light. Because that's the standard. That's what we're called to. We are to live in the light every second of every day, being Jesus Christ to every person that we meet, to the best of our ability, Even if we can just be a small piece of Jesus, we have to be that. And when you fail, because you will, confess. Own it. Say, you're exactly right. I did that. I did all of that. Please forgive me. And don't get hung up there. And don't fall apart there and say, I'll never be good enough. Because then you can rest assured 
in the goodness of Jesus Christ, in the perfection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus did it all. It's almost, I feel like it's all we say sometimes, like to point to just what Jesus did. But like if we sat here for two hours and literally just laid out every single thing that Jesus did for us in scripture, we would run out of time because we can't do it. What he did was so big. We have to recognize that and we have to put our faith in him. We can't do it, but we gotta keep trying. When we fall down, we confess it. And then we rest assured that Jesus Christ has granted us salvation if we just put our faith in him. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world. Thank you.